couple of things. Even I remember like not that long ago, even doing the stories where I was speaking into the camera, I was like, oh my God. It was so funny. <laughs> so he's a trained actor. So he's like, yeah, it smashes it out. Where I'm like, I need to be by myself. If he's looking at me, I'm like, go away. <laughs> you, see, you see all the time. Like she'll be doing stories and, and she'll have like wandered off like around the corner of a building and then I'll notice that she's wandered off and then so you'll just like see me like frantically running into the back of shot and like going like ah! and, like looking at the camera like I think there's probably like at least half a dozen of yeah those. so yeah. I'm getting more used to it now but like it didn't come that natural mm. to me because being on camera was was weird but um yeah I'm getting used to it now that's Sarah Grogan and Chris McGee and this is the Yoga Life podcast. Hello, hope you're well and had a good week. This is me, Kevin. I hope you're still you and listening to this podcast, enjoying this podcast, which uh, I'm really grateful that you're taking the time out to tune in every week and hear me chat to new people. Well, today I have a, a first for the Yoga Life podcast, and that is two guests at once, the duo of Chris McGee and Sarah Grogan. They are both Irish, but they work and teach in London. Chris comes from an acting background. Sarah comes from a stockbroking background. So really different backgrounds, but they both found yoga and they're over here to teach a few workshops in the Yoga Hub. So in this episode, we find out a lot more about Sarah and Chris, everything from how Sarah got her Instagram account hacked to how Chris got so flexible. I hope you enjoy it. If you do, please leave a review on iTunes or Stitcher and feel free to share the podcast with friends. I really appreciate it. Hey, Chris. Hey, Sarah. How's it going? Very good. Thank you. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. I'm good. Thank you. Good. This is my first time having two guests at once. So it's, it's our first time doing anything like this actually together. So yeah, we've never, cool. yeah, we've never done one together before. So yeah, But you did a podcast, didn't you, in the States? I and, did. Oh, oh, it was an American guy, but in London. Yes, it's an, Amer <laughs> yeah, an American podcast, but the guy happened to be in London. So we recorded when he was in London. Yeah. Yeah. And this is your first time. It's my first time. Yeah. Okay. Um, but you were saying you've got some, you've got some audio stuff coming up. Can you, can you talk about that? Yeah. I've, got, I've gone into it straight away. <laughs> okay. We're both recording next week um, for a kind of wake up yoga series. So it's for people who are like in bed, they either put their headphones in or turn the stereo on and we help them get out of bed with some stretching, some guided meditation, pranayama. It's really up to us, but it's like 10 to 15 minute kind of session or flow. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we're both going to be in a recording studio next week doing that. So right. it'll be pretty, pretty cool. And this is good practice. Yeah, absolutely. So, so it's like an app that you go on your phone, yeah. you put it in the morning, and yeah, so it's currently in the US, but they're expanding across Europe. So yeah, so we're we're in the first wave of the, the European teachers that they're adding to their schedule. And yeah, it's like morning or evening. So it's like some somewhere like in your bedroom, you've got limited space, but you want to do maybe like a little bit of movement or a little bit of pranayama or just like a little meditation thing mm. to either get you ready for your day or to like yeah. ease you out of your day to yeah. maximize your sleep. Yeah. Which is actually quite nice because when I found yoga initially, it was through just doing a retreat and then came back, was still in finance, working like 6.30 a.m. to like 6.30 p.m. and hadn't quite worked out how to fit classes into my day. So I would do kind of 20 minutes of that kind of thing through yeah. YouTube videos actually. So I appreciate the market 
that is there for something like this, for someone who maybe doesn't have confidence to go to a class yet or mm. you just doesn't have the time necessarily every day. So it's like 10, 15 minutes yeah. and sets them up for the rest of the day. That's exciting, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. How, how did you get in touch? How did you hear about this, this concept? Did you get in touch with you guys? Yeah, it was... Um I got introdu- introduced through the uh, the vice president of Wanderlust. Actually, she's um, oh. yeah, a friend of mine that I met through another mutual friend when I was in America um, a couple of years ago. And yeah, she just she reached out and she said, "Hey, like I think you should like meet this person. I think that you'd be really great for this. Um, do you mind if I put you guys in touch?" So yeah, she made the connection, and then um, yeah, we got we got speaking to to Lizzie who runs the whole thing and. Yeah, she was like, I really love you guys. Like, let's get you booked in for some recording when we come to London. So nice. there it is. That's yeah. exciting. Mm-hmm. Cool. <laughs> um, so you guys, to give some context, you guys are over to teach some workshops in your club, aren't you? Yep. We are indeed. Are you excited? Very excited. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's great. Yeah, it's going to be my first time teaching in, in Ireland ever, actually. Because yeah. originally I'm from Northern Ireland, but I've never never taught a class here. I've always wow. been based in London whilst I've been a teacher. So yeah, this will be my today is my first ever mm-hmm. is my first ever Irish yoga class. Yeah. I was here in April teaching at the Yoga Hub. I did a rocket master class, um, and it went well. So they asked me to come back. So mm. I decided why not bring Chris along with me and do a kind of a trio of workshops rather than just the one. So it's quite exciting. We're doing handstands today, rocket cl- master class tomorrow, and then acro together mm. in the afternoon. And then family stuff afterwards. Yeah, five days off actually. <laughs> and in between a little bit. As well. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Big Grogan family gathering. <laughs> yeah, because you, you were saying you're from Offaly, right? Yeah, from Tullamore. Um, oh. So moved to Dublin though for, did my final year of school in Dublin in the Institute and then went mm. to UCD, studied economics and finance. So I was in Dublin for like seven years before I moved to London and I've been in London for eight years. Yeah. How'd you guys meet? Through yoga, I just went to one of his classes, actually. <laughs> okay. Um, and then kind of worked out we had a lot of mutual friends in the yoga community because you know, I was rocket trained, he's also rocket trained. Right. Um, and then, yeah, we just kind of became friends through that and then it evolved. Yeah. Yeah. And the rest is history. The rest <laughs> yeah. is history. Well, it's, I think we met actually last October, November. So. Last October, yeah. Yeah. Right. And uh, you were saying that you, uh, before you were a yoga teacher, you were kind of relatively new to yoga. I mean, as in teaching full time. Yeah, it's like still quite recent. Um, although it's been a whirlwind, like since I finished my TT. So um, I was in finance. I was a stockbroker uh, for eight years. Did economics and finance. Was kind of good at numbers and maths in school. So never really knew exactly what I wanted to do, but kind of ended up on that journey because people told me I'd be good at it. So. I kind of said I'd give myself two years and if I didn't like it, I'd leave, but I ended up doing it for eight. And if I'm fully honest, probably for like the last four or five, I wasn't that happy. Right. I actually moved firms a bunch of times thinking maybe it would be better next time. And mm. the last move I did, um, so we get gardening leave, which is basically a paid kind of two or three months off. And I mm. moved jobs that time specifically so I could just do loads of yoga right. so I went to India did two weeks of Ashtanga and um, went like to two classes a day in London for like a month um, and during that time I was like I'm definitely going to do my TT it's just a matter of when and then mm-hmm. one of my teachers he was like you're ready just do it so I January 2017 I was like okay this is the year I'm doing it <laughs> and I just booked it I think literally the 3rd of Jan um, and then yeah I did that last year and then halfway through I was like I'm out, I'm done, I'm, I can't do finance anymore, it's just not me, it's not mm. my journey. 
Um, so yeah, I just went into my boss and I was like, I'm out. Um, so I ended up resigning in August, but having to work till April. So I was effectively doing like kind of 50, 60 hour work week in finance plus teaching seven to 10 classes on top for quite a few months, which was exhausting. But like, it was amazing because I'd get to the end of the work day and mm. I would be exhausted just being like, oh my God, I don't know how I'm going to hold space for like an hour or two hours this evening. And the second I would hit the studio, it would be like, it was just energy would come back mm. and like, I'd just be on it and I loved it. And there's nothing that ever felt so right for me than mm. being like, yeah, teaching yoga and holding space for 20, 30 people. It's awesome. I love mm. it. I know what you mean because I actually find that you spend a lot of time not teaching and you spend a lot of time on your own. But when I teach, I actually feel better than when I'm not teaching. <laughs> if you know, I get a, such a buzz after teaching the class um, that I don't get when I'm you know, at home doing my admin. <laughs> <laughs> you don't say. <laughs> <laughs> the admin is the, yeah, the necessary evil. We'd probably all be a condense if, that was the, if, if we were like, oh yeah, I get that's such a buzz from doing my receipts. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I'm leaving yoga. I'm going full time accounting. <laughs> it's so true. Yeah, yeah. It's such a good sign when you when you like because I think a lot we think about it. We public speak, mm. which most people are terrified of. Yeah, I mean that's like, such a common fear. And if you're doing it and you enjoy it, that's such a, that's such a good sign. But it, that's an interesting point, actually. I, we were talking about this only this week because when I was like what 21, 22, and I'm kind of coming out of university public speaking was really scary for me mm. and even when I started my job in finance like being a salesperson a lot of it was actually presenting um, and presenting ideas and I found that really hard actually um, but for some reason when it's yoga I it comes a lot more naturally mm. maybe it's because people are kind of not staring at you they're like in downward dog <laughs> and their eyes are <laughs> somewhere else but um yeah it doesn't or maybe it's just that I'm older and I'm more experienced now as well. That probably it's also a connection helps. to what you're talking about. Like you're not yeah, talking about something that's forced upon you. It's not like, oh hey, like here I am getting up delivering content from another source yeah, yeah, through the true. medium of me, but needs to be like accessed by you and it needs to be like approved or I need to sell you something or you need to mm -hmm. kind of like you know, it's like, no, I'm here to share something which is authentic and true like as a quality of me like hey like i'm just here to share this with you mm -hmm. and if you like it cool and if you don't like it that's also cool mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. yeah it's not you know it's not it doesn't it doesn't require approval as much it's true yeah and you and you're more connected to it so i think it's a probably a combination of them both probably you're a bit more wise than you once <laughs> were but also but also you're just more connected to the yeah to the you're really teaching from experience yeah. and like feeling the practice in in your body and Exactly. Whereas, like, when you're pitching a stock to somebody, it's a bit different. I know it's funny when you work for some because I've worked for I've worked for someone else before, and you get to a stage where you're saying our company believes this, our company believes that, and as if like that you believe it as well because you 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 obviously have to have buy-in when you're working for someone else, but as you said, Chris, with yoga you're saying things like look i was doing this yesterday i found if i turn my hand this way it feels yeah. a lot nicer than it and it so it feels more genuine therefore it's ways to speak and obviously the audience are a lot nicer than when you're in the boardroom <laughs> 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 you know they're yeah. more generally more receptive so um but chris real jobs you were saying when we were sitting downstairs having a coffee you so what were you doing before you you um, are what you are yeah, so my, 
my journey into yoga was um, I initially I moved to London to train as a professional actor. So I came over, I did a degree in professional acting, and whilst I was here, um, the movement teacher at that college um, figured out that I had like all these, like this crazy, crazy list of injuries of things that was wrong with my body. And um, yeah, it's like, she was like, how did this happen? And I was like, well, I, play, I played rugby for 13 years or 14 years or something. I was just like, mm. I just kind of get on with it. Um, and she was like, nope. She was like, no more rugby, no more sports, no more lifting weights. Like, you're not allowed to do any of these things. And coming from where I came from, and I like I lifted weights three times a week. I, I trained four times a week. We played on Saturdays. Like, it was just kind of like drilled into me to like to have that routine all the time. Um, so I had continued that when I moved to London. I just went to the gym and, and sort of like did, you know, what I had what I was used to doing when I could. Um, and yeah, she was like, you're not allowed to do any of that anymore. Like, you have to do something that like heals your body. She was like, you've got all of these injuries. You have all of this negative tension. Like, I could like I could move my head like completely to the right, but I could move my head maybe only like three quarters of the way to the left. Like, you could like push it to get to the full range of motion, but I couldn't like control myself into that space. Um, and I said to her, I was like, well, what do I, what what do you want me to do? And she went, go and do yoga. And I went, well, for how long? And she went, until you get better. And I was like, okay. And then type A personality over here was like, all right, well, I'm, if I'm going to have to do it till I get better, I'm just going to do it all the time. Because then I'll get better faster and then I'll have to stop doing it. I can go back to doing what I like to do. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so I just went along to like a local gym and did some classes there. And I was terrible for like six months. Like I couldn't, like mentally, I couldn't align myself to enjoy the process of what was happening so i made zero physical improvements whatsoever mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. all the tension was still there like there was no, there was no i was like how have i done this for six months and my flexibility isn't better or why does my neck not feel better or like yeah. but it's basically because i had like a mental block uh, against what was going on and the first day that i went in with an attitude of like fuck it i don't care what what happens is the first day that i fell asleep in shavasana and mm. it's the first day that i left the class and i actually felt better like my body felt released like it was a, a big kind of light bulb moment for me yeah. um yeah fast forward out of that to like working as a professional actor and obviously a lot of time spent resting <laughs> when you're not um doing professional jobs uh meant that i had something else to do so i started working as a pt and as a fitness instructor mm. so then that quickly like built up and built up and i was doing like 30 to 40 classes a week of like fitness crazy. stuff and uh, yeah crazy numbers I know um, mm. and then some PT and then I was training myself on top of that so I was doing like a 70 hour physical week when you counted all of the classes all of the clients and my training myself and very quickly I started to get all these little niggles coming back again which was like oh like my knee hurts and oh yeah that shoulder started to give me a little bit of pain again and like all the things that I had had from years before had started up and I was like oh well what did I do last time in order to fix this and I was like oh I, I practiced a lot of yoga so I was like great I'll just work that back into my routine now um, and yeah I started to do yoga again and then the more I did it the more I loved it and I was like this feels like something that I should probably be able to offer out to my clients and, and the people that I'm sharing with right. because there's no point in me telling them oh this is how you need to move this is the thing that you need to do to be to be fit and healthy and well but I'm not actually doing that thing so then I started like I was like, right, I'm practicing more and more and more. I'm going to go and do my first yoga teacher training just to like add another string to my bow. I did. I had no intention of being a yoga teacher full time. 
Um, and yeah, then off the back of the first one, just kind of got the bug for it, had like a real revelation of like, oh wow, like I don't know anything about this. Mm. Like I knew all of the sort of anatomy physiology stuff, but I was like, there was, I left with so many questions off the back of 200 that I was then like, I need to go and do another training. I need to go and do another training. And I just had this thirst for more and more knowledge. Um, and it meant that I've then done a minimum of one extra training a year, every year that I've been a, that I've been a teacher. And um, they can be really addictive. Yeah, trainings. I know, yeah, very addictive. <laughs> As can workshops. I've done three already. Yeah, yeah, well, the trainings are slightly more expensive than the workshops. <laughs> like, if, yeah, if you're, if you're working on a budget, definitely go for workshops rather than trainings all the time. Um, and yeah, they like, the more yoga I did, the more yoga I wanted to teach, the less interest I had in teaching sort of like traditional fitness stuff anymore. And I just sort of like segued into into yoga being my, my full-time gig. And, mm. and five years later, here we are. Here we are, yeah. And and I think um, with, with you, it's interesting to talk about playing rugby and not being flexible in your neck and this type of thing. But um, from your Instagram, your particularly your legs dexterity is unbelievable. Is that always been the case? From nope. So, like, say when you, you how you can do you know splits essentially because you're like if say to look at you, um, you know, you're a big guy, and it, when you see doing splits, it looks kind of spectacular because you don't expect that. Mm-hmm. Um, is that just where? You, when did that start? That um, like, did where you where you work? What I'm trying to say was uh, where you. Did I have like a natural, yeah. a natural Thank you. inclination <laughs> towards that flexibility? I think probably in hindsight, like the, sh- the, the shape of my pelvis probably allows me to get a greater range than, than some people, depending on like obviously like the depth of your ball and socket joint or, or you know, internal and external rotation and things like that. I tend to have a lot of space there. Um, in terms of the flexibility of the muscles, like no, not at all. Like my hamstrings were tight as anything, like, you know, my half Hanuman, my full Hanuman was like miles off the floor when I started yoga and it was pretty much all yoga that opened up the back line specifically. Um, when it comes to like a more, like a, like a Samakhanasana, like a box split or like a, like a wide seated Upavisa or whatever, um, that actually came from, I, I fell, I was stretching with an ex-girlfriend of mine who was a dancer when I was in drama school and we were on this rug on a, on a wooden floor and, uh, I put my hand on the rug to like go down to like stretch and the rug slipped and I fell into a full box split and I tore my whole right adductor. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> like, yeah, it's like a referral pain, like, like to the, to, <laughs> just saying it takes you back. Um, yeah, the, and it, it all, it all scarred up, like it all tightened up. So if you were to look at me doing like um, Skandasana, if I did a Skandasana into my, into my right leg with my left leg extended, I was like, maybe like six, seven inches off the floor. And if I did it the other way, I was like 35 inches off the floor. Like it was, wow. it was huge. Like the tension was, was excruciating. And I had to go and get 12 weeks of um, physiotherapy to have them massage the scar tissue out of it. Mm. Um, and it's, when I tell people about the story, I'm like, oh yeah, I had this like quite attractive like physiotherapist come and massage my leg for like, <laughs> you know, she's massaging my inner thigh. You were probably screaming at like, the time. I. I, I cried. I cried my eyes out for like for twelve hours of of time with her because it was so intensely painful. Like and my leg was was black, like just completely bruised. Um, and the, it was so bad. I I just said I'm never going to allow something like this to ever happen again. 
and so what I did was off the back of it, whenever I had like finished my course and she was like, yep, it's all good. Like the muscle should be fine again. I said, right, I need to improve my range because then that way, if I do ever accidentally slip and fall, like nothing can ever happen. So mm-hmm. I used to sit at home um, this was back in, uh, I, it was when I was at drama school, but I was at home like one Christmas and we had like three weeks off or four weeks off or something. And I distinctly recall every day sitting in my parents' living room and I put my feet on the end of each end of the sofa um, and I just sat there and I watched TV for like 30 to 40 minutes. Mm-hmm. And then the next day I went back and I just edged myself closer. Take out the whole couch. No, on the floor. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, sitting on the, sitting on the floor, like right, facing the edge of the sofa and just like, okay. just like edged my way in until it got better and better. And I did it for like, yeah, I did like 30 or 40 minutes essentially of like, yeah. it was like a yin hold every day yeah and that's the that's the thing that really allowed my like my body to f- to free up and to help that flexibility so and it is like it took that uh unfortunate event with the rug to happen before t- to to realize as you said i don't want this allow this to happen and i think that i suppose the the more of the story there is there's no shortcuts towards gaining yeah, flexibility yes you know you you can have an advantage in terms of how your bone structure is but um i think a lot of people find that part of yoga the deep stretching quite tedious mm. and i think that's because type a personalities you want to constantly move um i know that i i recently did a yin teacher training with josh summers and i haven't been to a yin class since yeah. i'm terrible saying that but just there there aren't many around but the benefits are massive i mean there aren't healing. many yin classes in dublin surprisingly start one it's also yeah. um you could, you could be right you know if yeah. you if you build it they'll come if there's, if there's <laughs> like like truly like if there's no yeah. yin being it's like, very complimentary for a yang practice mm-hmm. what you often see in london actually because i mainly teach rocket and i practice a lot of rocket and people do cause that's kind of one extreme it's incredibly yang and then people do yin to kind of find the mm. find the balance find the calm did, did you have any kind of dance background before you started? Like when I was a kid, I did a bit of gymnastics and a bit of ballet, but like mm. not to the point where like it would have really benefited kind of. So I only found yoga really when I was like 26, 27, oh, right. which is quite late actually. I remember trying it in university and I think you find yoga when you need it. And mm. I needed it then. I was like super stressed at work, really wasn't happy. Ended up doing this kind of last minute retreat in Spain with a friend and just kind of fell in love with it because I, I needed a release. I needed something and mm-hmm. that was what it was for me. And then um, I literally couldn't touch my toes. Like I have a video of me doing a chaturanga um, or like a press up and it's embarrassing. Like I literally fell to the ground. I had zero upper body strength because mm-hmm. I was sitting at a desk for like 12 hours a day. Mm-hmm. I was doing a lot of kind of entertainment stuff in the evenings and yeah, so zero strength and like zero flexibility and I guess my I think your people tend to have a journey of either strength or flexibility you know it's obviously a combination of both but usually there's one that tends to be a bit harder mm-hmm. men often find the strength bit a bit easier flexibility a bit harder and it's usually the opposite for women um the flexibility definitely kind of came a bit quicker for me but mm-hmm. like yeah I it actually feels amazing just ha- and to see how my strength has kind of come on over the past it's quite sensational as well yeah. to see that you like because your your movement practice essentially is yoga and only yoga like you don't have a mm. you don't have yeah. a sports or an athletic background to like no. draw on so you know like literally it's like a, 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 a like what you see is a product of a, a of just simply yoga, yoga. like i don't mm-hmm. run i don't do hit i don't do any of that kind of stuff mm-hmm. i do like you know, rocket 
is cardio like you do get your heart rate up um and for me it's kind of it's been enough but even now i'm still kind of you know suffering from some of the things that you know sitting at a desk for that many years for that many hours a day like mm. you know my hip flexors still hip flexors are still incredibly tight mm. you know, my quads and my glutes don't trigger you know like they should because they kind of learn to switch off over time so i'm still kind of dealing with all of that stuff but yoga has helped my body so much and my mind i think you end up kind of finding it for the physical and then it becomes so much more definitely and uh, you know the point you made about that you only do yoga you don't have any athletic background if you're doing um the right style of yoga i think it can give you everything i mm. mean we were talking about dice earlier and how um you know say the way he teaches a class he'll do loads of strength loads of dynamic loads of mobility movement yeah. end range movement ballistic stretching a lot of it is kind of classic gymnastics and um i i, I was talking to patrick beach drop <laughs> <laughs> last week um, and um, you know he was saying that not a lot of yoga night it doesn't work for 90% of the people because you go to particularly in Ireland and you, you'll find this that we're still at the infancy of yoga we are still you go to a 200 hour and you learn very basic stuff mm -hmm. they'll say like sometimes don't even teach a headstand or you know because it's, it can be dangerous all this type of stuff uh, it's, it's very safe which is fine because we're still getting used to yoga here London is way ahead but the the downside of that is that um, you're not building much strength like people don't do push-ups for example in a class you won't do chaturanga back to plank so I started teaching that and everyone's like you're what gonna, do you you're gonna enjoy <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just, yeah. we're both very <laughs> some gains. <laughs> yeah. we're both very strength oriented actually yeah. in the way we teach because I think a lot of people aren't actually and I think it's mm. an incredibly important part of the practice which sometimes does ne get neglected mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I feel like if you don't the aim of the aim of the practice like is to find balance in your body right and to find balance physically and mentally and emotionally and spiritually and, and whatever else like balance is the is the overall aim that's what we want like you don't want to be tight and weak mm. you want to be strong and you want to be flexible you don't just want to be flexible because too much flexibility then everything gets a little too loose and injury happens mm -hmm. Same, you don't want to get too strong because too much strength with no flexibility, tightness, restriction, restriction, compression, injury, again, where you don't want to be. So if the aim is to avoid injury, like you got to find that happy medium. And if you don't work the strength, then you don't notice the, like the benefit of the flexibility. Like you don't appreciate flexibility. Like you said, where like people are too type A, they don't want to do the long, deep holds, the deep stretches. Mm -hmm. But if we do like 25 minutes where I like, blast your legs like if you're doing like so many lunges and so many things and all of a sudden you're like oh then when you go in then you have to go in for you know and we're like right okay you're doing hanuman and you're going to do it for 20 breaths you're like oh thank god <laughs> like, you know yeah. it's like you you then you're like okay so i'm actually happy to be even though this sucks a little bit at least it's not that other thing that i was doing like my, my body at least is getting a chance to mm -hmm to be passive, to like, uh, like to relax into something a little bit more. And mm -hmm. I think that people get, a, especially that personality of people get a greater appreciation of that if you do the strong stuff like we do. Mm -hmm. You can actually be still because as you, as you were saying, it takes a while to um, be comfortable in Shavasana. So, you know, for the yeah. first six months or so, you're lying there looking around like what's everyone else doing. Uh, <laughs> but if you've, if, you've had like, if you've had a rigorous physical um, 
move and practice and you're you like that yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> but it, it, it some, some people that like that type of movement they need that to find some calmness um and uh i think long-term in terms of long-term health it's important to evolve your movement practice you see dyson patrick beach doing um end range movement things and and i actually said to dice in the 200 hours what would you say if someone said this isn't yoga because it doesn't look like yoga we're doing all these hip mobility uh but routines. again it's like what is yoga it's a movement with breath exactly yeah. yeah because i could create, tell yeah. sorry so i was just saying i could tell some people were a bit like why what, what, what's this i've never seen this before um well it's the i mean you you chip in as well this is it for me it's the it's the the mindset like the attitude yeah. that comes behind these movements because i have a martial arts background as well and if you look at a lot of martial arts martial movements and yoga movements are the same same thing different names a lot of time you know mm. but uh, skandhasana is a perfect example of that that's a low drop stance that happens in in tai chi it happens in all types of kung fu mm. as well mm. in front so if they were doing that in china and they were doing it in india they both saw the benefits but they come at it from a different like a completely different mindset mm. so it's the mindset behind the action that you're taking which allows it to be yogic mm. yeah. yeah it's just being mindful it's being present in that moment it's kind of linking the movement with breath it's it's it is an asana mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so i think yeah i agree it's just a mindset yeah absolutely and you're uh, seeing a lot more teachers build that stuff into their yoga practice because the benefits are, are quite clear mm. I found myself, though, and this is probably due to my inexperience, of being slightly apologetic when I teach this stuff in class. I'll say, oh, we, we should do this because it's... And I, I explain it as if it's, I'm, it's like, um, sorry to teach you something new, but let's get this out of the way. And I need to stop doing that. I need to accept that I, th I have new knowledge and I'm sharing this and it comes from credible sources. Mm. Not Because some people want to come to a class and like, why aren't we just doing sun salutations, our normal yeah. things? They don't want to do something new. Sometimes we have that resistance. People, a lot of people don't know. You're the teacher. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's so true. Um, but um, and I think I think also um, like um, I'll actually I want to talk to you and kind of slightly change the subject here a little bit. But before I we we met, I initially contacted Chris and then I was in touch with you as well, Sarah. But I noticed on your Instagram just a bit. Now I haven't seen this before. Your Instagram got hacked. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what 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 happened? Uh, we, were, <laughs> <scandal>. this, yeah. <laughs> we were in Thailand and um, I just woke up and I went to it was just I think it was a Friday morning and I went to log in and it was just gone. Um, and it, it was gone. Yeah, it was just like basically what it said his um, account like deletion requested or something. So I just couldn't get into it and. But wasn't it terms? It said. And then there, yeah, there was a link saying help, so I went in and I press the link and it was just like a big kind of long generic like terms so it was very unclear as to what happened um so I actually initially contacted Bryony because it was just like a couple of days after we had finished our 300 hour with Bryce um and I was like this just happened to you what ha like can you help and so she said she'd see if she could get in touch with her contact who helped her get her account back oh yeah I remember that um we just kind of I had some friends because I you know Facebook obviously being quite present here in Ireland I have a lot of friends who work for Facebook so I contacted them I saw I asked if they could help um, and I think it was just a combination we just basically we went far and wide and Chris was awesome he 
did a bunch of stories and asked if anyone could help and a few people just came back and they're like just get everybody to report it um report something's wrong so i asked everyone i knew chris asked everyone he knew um and i it's very unclear as to exactly what happened because it was just back on the i think the monday or tuesday actually people i woke up again and people were messaging me and they were like your account is back up we just checked we could see it so it was yeah it was gone so you're able to get the old account back yeah so in the kind of interim um I was like, okay, this, you know, it was kind of one of Prepare those moments. for the worst case scenario. <laughs> yeah. this, might, like, this may never come back. It was one of those moments where you're like, okay, non-attachment, non-attachment, non-attachment. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I set up a new one, a Yogi Grogi 2.0. Um, and actually the support was incredible. Just mm. like um, the amount of people that just kind of followed the new account. The amount of people I didn't really know, but like they kind of knew one of us or, you know, we kind of knew of each other that were like, sending messages or reporting or like telling people to kind of you know go follow me or that kind of stuff it was incredible mm-hmm. but then on the yeah the Monday or Tuesday like within four four days or so it was just it was back mm-hmm. and it wasn't clear as to whether it was just the number of people that reported it or whether it was the kind of friends on Facebook who had it was just it was obviously on a hard drive somewhere or yeah it was just it was back because I was thinking about this last night when I was uh, thinking, oh, I'm meeting um, Sarah and Chris tomorrow. And then I l- looked at your bio and I seen you got hacked. Yeah. And to the, an outside perspective, that could seem like a very trivial thing. You know, if you're someone who has an Instagram account and you like posting pictures of your food or your dog, yeah. Instagram is kind of a fun thing. But I, I, I think it has to be made clear that like, when you're a self-employed person, a yoga teacher, Instagram, okay, you can imagine, think of yourself as, I, I think of myself as, say, a business. Mm-hmm. You know, your business has a marketing department, mm-hmm. has an art department that does the posters, flyers, whatever, pictures. Then you have a publicist, maybe, PR department. Yeah. Instagram is all of that. It's every, yeah, it's, it, it is, it's such, it's And it's, and it's replacing email as well. For sure, yeah. I mean, so, um, that's, that's massive that that yeah. happened to you. It's actually, uh, and um, it's crazy that, that and kind of worrying that that can happen yeah because there's a lot of people that you know you think of i think the i can't remember where the mm, i'll have to fact check myself there's like a source that i heard recently that said that children today don't go to google to get questions answered that they have like the way that we would have been like oh like i need to answer that question like i'll go and type it into google or i'll go and look on wikipedia they go to instagram and they search hashtags or they go to youtube and th- those are the two sources that they go to for their, inst- their for their information yeah. and like a lot of the times like I mean I only teach at one studio when I'm at home in London but even then like people will go to my Instagram to find your schedule to find the schedule they yeah. will go to the, web, the to the studio website and you and you teach in like yeah. five or six studios and so it's the yeah. same so they'll go to her Instagram because they're looking for her specifically rather than and actually the saddest thing in a way was actually the memories because this past year has been such a big year for me. I've changed my life in so many different ways, you know, changed kind of career path. And I kind of started the yoga Instagram basically a year ago, it was last August. Um, and all of that stuff was gone because I didn't have a backup of all my the content, all the pictures, all the comments I'd written, all the stories. And like we have so many stories from our trip in Thailand as well, which like would have been all gone. So that was one aspect as well. but. You're right, like just the, it's your main tool to give people information about you. I don't even, it's not even just selling, it's just like letting people know where you are, mm-hmm. what you're up to. Like I did an inversions workshop um, 
back in May, I think it was like literally two weeks after I finished my job, and I rented a space, so I didn't go through a studio, so I didn't have the marketing power of a studio. I just put it on Instagram, and it sold out, and there was people there who'd never been to my class. They'd just been following me on Instagram. Yeah. And that was like, for me, that was like kind of one of those moments where I was like, wow, this is so powerful. Well, well, what you said, Chris, about the website, I mean, I, I never check people's websites. I mean, there's, to give you, <laughs> There's a studio, I won't say where, but there's a studio that has a workshop, uh, I know, and it's a person coming over to teach the workshop, but the person, the teacher, doesn't have an Instagram account, refuses, thinks it's like, not for them, whatever. So they're thinking about, like, will we get anyone to this? Because that's the first thing I mm. check is the Instagram. I, I, and I like to see, what do they sound like when they're speaking? You know, I don't need to see a big 30-minute video of them teaching. I just want to see, like, do they seem like they're kind of pleasant enough? Yeah. And do they can they do some basic? Are they sharing value, like whether it be tutorials or do they look at least like they can do some poshes that excite me? <laughs> and that sounds kind of yeah. a little bit superficial, but you have to have something to go off. 100%. It's either that or you're a stranger. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Is it accessible? Is it like inspirational? Is it educational? Does it like does it lend value to me, or else why am I going? Yeah. yeah exactly. And it is really good. Like, so I do tutorials and I do like peak post sequences on there. And like sometimes my students come up to me at the end of class and they're like, oh my God, I was doing your headstand one and it was really good. And it's I just know. lovely to like know that you're connecting with people even when you're not in, mm -hmm. like, in the room in the studio teaching them. And I see you're, you're making, a, um, or on your profile, or your bio, it says about IGTV is, is kind of something you want to focus on. Yeah. I was taught, Bryony said this to us at our 300 hour that IGTV maybe soon will monetize as well yeah. and it's important to get content there um but yeah i haven't got around to it but um i think you kind of have to pick one thing i like the podcast yeah. thing you know and it um, does it takes time to like record mm. them to edit them but it, my first couple of things even i remember like not that long ago even doing the stories where i was speaking into the camera i was like oh my it was so funny. <laughs> so he's a trained actor, so he's like, yeah, it smashes it out. Where I'm like, I need to be by myself. If he's looking at me, I'm like, go away. <laughs> you, see, you see all the time, like, she'll be doing stories and, and she'll have, like, wandered off, like, around the corner of a building, and then I'll notice that she's wandered off. And then so you'll just, like, see me, like, frantically running into the back of shot and, like, going, like, ah. And, like, looking at the camera. Like, I think there's probably, like, at least half a dozen of those. Yeah, so I'm getting more used to it now, but, like, it didn't come that natural mm. to me because actually when my previous job it was all very much it was phone based or it was one to one so like being on camera was was weird but um yeah i'm getting used to it now so but but even things like the person looking at the camera instead of looking at the camera they look at themselves so therefore it's like it's if you imagine you're talking to someone but you're just looking at their chin no, they're mad to say, <laughs> yeah. they're mad. <laughs> throw them off um and i know what you mean it, it takes that it takes a bit of getting used to you but it's so personal like when you look at someone's story it's like oh that's like they're chatting to me yeah uh, i remember being struck by that because i'm only kind of really new to instagram too um and that's actually what i quite like about the podcasting idea because the distance between your voice and the person i mean people listen to podcasts they use headphones they're just in their car yeah. i mean you don't let anyone in your car you know <laughs> but yet you're driving and you're commit to work and you're listening to this person speaking it's very, it's very intimate um and people uh, get to know a lot about you actually maybe through... too much yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but i think but for, like for us the more that we travel as well yeah and like we're, we're doing a lot of travel teaching we have a lot of trips coming up we're going you know we'll be back in thailand for retreats and stuff next year and i think our ability to share the experiences that we have when we're away 
means that when you do go back to your community, that those people feel like they haven't missed you so much. Yeah. You know, like we were we were in Thailand for eight weeks, and I went back, and people were like, "That flew by! I can't believe yeah. you were there for two months." And people but, didn't really ask how it was because they're like, "We know how it was because <laughs> <laughs> we were following oh, you." It looked amazing! I loved it when you yeah. did this or when you were here, and you're kind of like, oh, "Okay," and you know, you start to the the beautiful thing. You know, there's there are a lot of potential downsides to the world becoming more well, like focused on social media and about kind of like electronic interactions versus like real interactions. You know, yeah. um, but one of the beautiful things about it is that we are becoming a global community of like-minded individuals in the the sphere of yoga or you know whatever it happens to be, and it's then very easy for you know we've never met. But it's very easy for you to reach out to me and say, "Hey, like, I'd love for you to come and do the podcast. This is this is what I'm about. Here's what I'm sharing, and mm-hmm. then I can go and I can have a little look at you, and you can have a little look at me, and it's like, oh, okay, like, here's mm-hmm. someone that we I will probably actually connect with, and mm-hmm. we can create something in a morning mm-hmm. that's gonna be hopefully of interest to people going forward, right? Yeah. And it's it's crazy to think that this audio clip, this 30, 40 minute audio clip, is is going to be there forever. Right. And I said the end of the podcast was to start. But like, um, you know, it, and that's, it can always be downloaded and it can uh, be shared. And um, I think, uh, as you were saying earlier, Chris, when we were downstairs having a coffee, um, you know, if you're a yoga teacher, your ability to use your initiative, as you were saying, Sarah, and put yourself out there is so important. It's, so it's important. all down to you. Yeah. Um, so and you can't be shy about it. No. I mean, there's always awkwardness. I, I'm, I was, I'm, ner- I was nervous sitting on the mics here. Like, if you don't get nervous, something's wrong. Yeah. You know, true. you want to get a little bit nervous, or we call it excitement. Um, but that's that's a good sign, I think. Um, so, um, yeah, that was about half an hour because now we're going to uh, go down to the yoga hub. We'll do some handstands. Workshop time, yeah. Workshop time, yeah. Handstand exactly. Time. Exactly. Plenty of push-ups for you, my friend. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> cool. Um, so thanks so much for for coming. Thank you for having us. Thank you very much. Thanks so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed that. Next week I have with me Alison DeMeo. Alison is, or Ali as I call her, is a student that comes to my classes. She is an Ashtangi. She's also an OBGYN, if you don't mind. So a doctor and uh, a very flexible lady and owner of a cat called Bruce. And what I really find interesting about Ali is she has a massively demanding job, but also she maintains a really uh, impressive yoga practice that she shares with everyone regularly on Instagram. So yeah, next week, Ali, Ashtanga, cats, being bendy and being a doctor. Tune in, thanks so much, leave a review. See you next week.